So glad to be here this morning. I'm fighting a cold for two weeks and I didn't know if I would make it. And despite of the cold, I see that many came out and I simply pray that each and every one might be greatly blessed this morning. As I was blessed when I looked into the word of God, there is very much upon my heart. Today we are going on in our series of letters from prison. Out of the 27 books in the New Testament, there are 14 written by Paul. And out of the 14, there are four books written by Paul from prison. This is Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. These letters are marvelous documents of the great freedom, the wonderful freedom, which we have in Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus said once in Matthew 10:28, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So in Jesus we have a freedom which no body can ever take away from us. And Paul experienced this great freedom and thousand others and thousand Christians right now in our time behind the Iron Curtain in China and so on. We don't know. The Lord knows. Paul was a man who was many times in prison for his Lord and he knows and he knew what end, what his end would be. He would die a forceful death. And yet he was able to say in another letter from prison to his fellow Christian in Philippians 4, 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Why can we rejoice under such terrible circumstances in life? It doesn't make sense, doesn't it? But the reason Paul gives us why we should rejoice, no matter what the circumstances are, we should rejoice. Our text for today is the first chapter of Ephesians. And I would like to ask our dear brother Ron Slay to read this chapter. For me, he his pronunciation is much, much better than mine. And I'm sure we get a blessing if he reads this whole chapter to us. This is the first chapter of uh, Ephesians. Thank you, Juan. This will save our brother's voice so that he can talk to us later on, too. We're beginning to read in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. May God bless this portion. Lord bless you, Father. Thank you very much. What a wonderful portion of scripture that is. How much is in there? And of course, we cannot cover it all, what we read here. It is so wonderful and it is so great. But I just want to uh, take out five basic characteristics of our blessed belonging to the family of God. If we have a piece of paper or, or a notebook, we should put a, a big S in front. All these five characteristics begin with the letter S. There's first of all saved. Second, sanctified. Third, secure. Fourth, sent. Fifth, satisfied. The first and great and basic truth which Paul brings home to us is salvation. All other characteristics of our belongings to Christ are linked 
to this basic one, to the first one. And we cannot have the others without the first one, salvation. Um, just let me read a few verses, verse 3 to 7, in the Amplified Bible to us. It's such a marvelous um, translation. It says here, blessing, praise, to be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual, Holy Spirit-given blessing in the heavenly realm, even as in his love he chose us actually, picked us out for himself as his own in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach before him in love. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us, to be adopted, revealed as his own children through Jesus Christ, in accordance with the purpose of his will, because it pleased him, and was his kind intent, so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption, deliverance and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, trespasses and sins, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Isn't this marvelous? You know, this speaks about salvation and the new birth we have in Jesus Christ. You know, when we took Jesus into our heart, God took us out of the kingdom of darkness and put us in, into the kingdom of light. You know, two weeks ago, a great dream, which I was dreaming for over 20 years, became true. I became an American citizen. And Friday, a week ago, our secretary called me up and he said, Franz, would you come up for a moment? And I went up to the office. Oh dear, and there was something going on. There was a party and I said, who can I congratulate? And they smiled, and said, now I realized it was for me. And he said, Franz, you have to make a speech too. And then I told them what a great joy it is for me, that really a dream became true to become an American citizen. But then I went on and I told them, there is a citizenship which is even greater, and this citizenship is in heaven, and let me talk to you about this. And of course, most of them didn't understand what I was talking about at all. But a few dear people came to me after this and they said, it was really great. You know, the way you said it. And we believe too in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this was great. So our citizenship is in heaven. And this is what Paul is talking about from where we also wait and look to Jesus who will come and take us out 
of this world. And as I said, it was a wonderful experience for me that this dream became true after over 20 years. And just let me mention it to you, uh, my experience back in Germany, that, uh, and I say it only because it might point us to the greater citizenship which we have in heaven. See, I, of course, have been growing up in Nazi Germany, 1933, Hitler came to power. I was six years old then. 1939, the war broke out, and I was 12 years old. Until 1945, the Americans came and took over. I was 17 then. And I must say, when with 10 years of age, I had to join the Hitler Youth, that there was great enthusiasm in my heart. You know, the marching and the uniforms and the singing, this was a great thing. Today, Germany belongs to us, tomorrow the whole world. And this is the enthusiasm we marched in. But as I was growing up and getting older, and I was taught more and more of Nazism, there grew a deeper and deeper longing for political freedom. And inside I rebelled against uh, the conformity of mind, conformity of teaching. You know that only Nazism is the answer to the problems in the world. And when I heard, you know, underground here and there talking, something about America, the way of life there, the freedom they have, that they can speak out what they think. You know, this deep longing in my heart grew even deeper to become free. With 16, they tried, this was the time, to become a party member. And then I was questioned and called in, and they wanted to have my signature to become a party member. And I refused. It is not easy, and it wasn't easy. But this is what I said to them. I said, we all know the life story of Hitler, don't we? Yes. I said, do you remember that Hitler in Munich, when he was a laborer and working there, and on a building project, that some communists came to him and asked him to come to their meetings and to become a, communist mem a member of the Communist Party? Do you know what Hitler said? He said, leave me alone. I have a different political opinion. And then I said to them, the freedom Hitler took, I take now. And I say, I have a different political opinion. And so was, they sent me out and there was much talking behind the door and they didn't know what to do with me, so they let me go. Then they put me three days in a special camp where we were brainwashed. And the goal of this special camp was that after three days we should sign a paper and become an SS man, one of the special forces. And again I refused. But then I was still 16, August 1944, I was drafted and I had to go to join the army. But I have to make it very short. Um, it just happened that I was home a few days, that they bombed our city where my brother died, 
where we lost our home and after recovering uh, it was a few weeks later that we found each other father and uh, mother myself and that came to our remembrance that uh, Peter wasn't with us and others and uh, then dad said Franz I lost two sons and you are the only one left you get behind the lines you get on the American side that we don't lose side that we don't lose you and there was one desire in me I didn't get back I was a deserter I didn't get back to the army and uh, there was one desire to get on the other side on the American side and from November 1944 to March 45 I was always between the lines the German and the American line living like, like a rat in barns or in cellars when it got somehow too hot and I felt that I was hunted I got away again always looking for an opportunity to get to the other side and the end of uh, February the 28th February 1945 I made it I got to the other side and it was my dream to become an American citizen and God's ways are wonderful he brought us over and we were sure that he wanted us to come so we came and he has blessed us richly so also a great dream became true you know there's a great greatest thing what happened in my life when I took Jesus into my heart and became a citizen of heaven there is a greater freedom which even America cannot give and this is the freedom we have in Jesus Christ this is the peace from which the Lord Jesus said I give you peace which the world cannot give I couldn't help when I was reading here our text to think of Paul and Silas when they were put into prison in Philippi and the, the scripture tells us a wonderful report that at midnight they sang praises unto the Lord they were bleeding their feet was, were put in, st in the stuck and here they are singing praises unto the Lord and the revival broke out and we all know the story the jailer and all his relatives his family came to know the Lord didn't we get a great blessing when dear brother Poisty was here the other Sunday and talking to us about Russia oh I understand it so well and I thought that day I got the greatest blessing out of it because I understand a little bit for I know what was going on in Germany although I was young I was a bright boy and I understood and I have seen when they took the Jews and put them into the wagons and uh, the car trains and put them and ships them out and I've seen the tears and the crying and the shouting they didn't want to go they felt and they knew where they were going I have seen it 
so I know what is going on in Russia. There came a book out after the war in Germany, and this is the title of the book, Out of Darkness Do I Praise Thee. I'm, I've been looking hard to find this book. It's never been translated into English. If I would get it again, I would translate uh, at least a few portions of this book. It contains letters of Christians which have been put in prison in Germany who were facing death, not knowing when they would die. You know how they do it. They do it in Russian, the same thing. They can to, uh, take you the next hour. They can take you tomorrow. They can take you at night, at any time of the day. You always have to be alert, to be ready to die. It can take weeks. It still can take months. And you should read this letter of the deep joy in the heart. Rejoice in the Lord, says Paul, out of prison. And these men were rejoicing because they had a freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ which the world never could take away from them. I think of those letters from Jochen Klepper, a great Christian, and the Scholz students, brother and sister, they weren't afraid to distribute uh, tracts in Munich, in the university, tracts which they hand copied themselves, tracts which spoke against Nazism and spoke about a kingdom which is greater, an eternal kingdom which is in Jesus Christ. They put them both to death. And there was Johannes Busch. Maybe you never heard the name, but what a great man of God. A youth pastor of the evangelical church. When they put him in jail, and he looked behind the bars and saw this huge, heavy wall, brick wall, opposite the jail, he thought at once this would be a great and wonderful soundboard for me to preach the word of God here and that all the, the people will hear it. And he prayed about it and the next day he opens the window and preached the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ shouting against this wall and this wall acted as a wonderful soundboard and everyone heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and they broke a revival out and the guards let him every day so far as I know, nearly everyone was saved in this jail. That you had to take him out there and put him in another place. So there is a great freedom which we have. There's a peace and there's a joy of salvation in us. And that is what, is, what Paul, Paul is talking about. This great freedom which nobody can take away from us. Oh, my dear fellow Christian, we don't know what will be tomorrow, but will we have the spiritual strength and the power in the Lord Jesus to endure for him? Yes, we are free here. Somehow we are overfed spiritually. But what will be tomorrow 
if we have to stand up for our Lord Jesus Christ? Can we do it? Is our faith strong enough? Do we have the power and strength in him? The freedom, salvation, which only comes from him and which no one can take away from us. Time is going on. Let me come to the second uh, characteristic, sanctification. The children of God are a sanctified family. In verse 1 we read that Paul speaks to the saints and to the faithful. Here saints has nothing to do with living a holy life nor are the holy men and the saints men of the Catholic Church here. Rather, it means to be set apart. And this setting apart is not anything we can do or we did. That is what God did. He set us apart. He took us out of darkness and put us into light out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. This is a setting apart which already has been done but in Jesus Christ. And God does this by the Holy Spirit. When a person comes to know Jesus and receives him as Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit baptizes this person into the body of Jesus Christ. As it is said in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles. This is a great thing which I learned, that either American or Germany, a German or Jew or Gentile or anyone else matters anything before God, there are only two people in this world which are saved and unsaved. For God so loved the world, including everyone. We haven't more as Germans, we haven't more as Americans than the others. We are all in the same boat. Oh dear, I'm so glad that I know this. You know, especially when I sometimes talk to uh, my uh, German fellows, you know, there's deep in their hearts still this poison of Nazism, you know, and uh, they still look down here and there to Jews or to, to other people, you know. But the Word of God says us, tells us that God so loved the world. We are all the same. And sometimes, you know, I cry out, I, don't you understand? You are a Christian, don't you understand? that we haven't more than anyone else, that we are poor sinners in the sight of God, and that God loves the Jews and loves the Americans and the English and everyone else. In our text in verse 7 we read, in whom we have redemption through his blood. And this is a game which gives us a citizenship of heaven, the blood of Jesus which cleanses us from all sin. And we come to the third 
characteristic, which is security. Let me say this, as the family of God is a secure family. The believer is put into a place of security and confidence. In verse 13 we read that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That is something which the world never will nor can understand. The assurance we have, the assurance of salvation, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. That is something which the world never can grasp. And the security and the confidence we have in him. In Romans 8:16, it says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We know. We have to know. And then this wonderful portion in Second John, chapter 5, 11, where it says, And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life and this life is in his son he that has the son has life and he that has not the son of god has no life these things have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that he may know that he has eternal life and that he may believe on the name of the son of god he who has the son has life and he that has not the son of god as not life. This is pretty clear, isn't it? If anyone asked me and he said, prove it to me that you are an American, I would proudly get my paper out, you know, and would show it. My proof of citizenship, you know. But if anyone asked me, show your proof of your citizenship in heaven, I would open my Bible and I would refer to John 6:47, a verse which I learned to put my finger again and again and said, Lord, that is what you say. Lord, you cannot lie. And this is what it says. Whosoever believes on me has eternal life. You know, my papers proving American citizenship, they might be destroyed, they might burn up, also my papers, my records, at the naturalization office. Isn't this possible? Which proof do I have? Nothing. But the Bible, the eternal word of God, tells me that I am a citizen of heaven, and this is sealed with the Holy Spirit. See, this is the only living thing in this dying world. This is the Bible. The only living thing in this dying world. We are surrounded of things which surely will pass away. Our houses, everything. But his word will stay and remain and be true forever and all eternity. And because the Lord cannot lie, I know that I am saved and that there is security. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. 
how great is this citizenship which we have in Jesus Christ, the citizenship of heaven. Another characteristic, and we come to the first one, this is sent. The people of God are not only a safe people, they are not only sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ, they are not only secure, but they are also a sent people. Why? Simply because they are born into the family of God. So let me say this as all believers in Jesus Christ are sent as a serving people. They are commissioned, they are authorized by God, by the Holy Spirit. Let me say that uh, always there were many in Christendom preaching which have never been sent by God. We have never so many people preaching in our days which have never been sent as never before. But as I said before and at the beginning, that we can't have the rest, the four characteristics unless we have the first one, this is salvation. Salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are saved, we are sent. Sent by God. In verse 1 we read that it is by the will of God that Paul is called to preach. By the will of God. He is an apostle, which means simply sent with authority. Last Sunday I was riding in my car from a concert where I had to attend to in Carnegie Hall. And I came home and I switched on the radio looking for some preaching and I found all right one. And this man was talking about the blessedness of sleep. He quoted many verses from the Old Testament and some from the New Testament. But this was his point. He said, while we sleep at night, God takes care of us and blots all our shortcomings and sin out. And in the morning we are a new person and we can start all over again. This was his point. He didn't speak about salvation, about faith in the Lord Jesus, nor that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But I got so tired of him that I switched on, on my dial and here is another one preaching. I didn't know who it was. But I listened to him, and what a brilliant speaker. I must say that I never heard such a brilliant speaker. And so, what a man. And he told, me, told us a story about an actor in Hollywood who never cared anything about God, about his neighbor, who had such a great success. He lived a very selfish life very successful, didn't care about anyone. But he started to drink and started to gamble, you know, and to make it short, he got into trouble and was, got so desperate that he wanted to take his life. But then he remembered that he was a Catholic somewhere, some way back. And so he went to a monastery and there was a monk open, opening the door 
And he let him in and then he talked to him and the monks saw what the trouble was and he said, I give you here some papers and these are written prayers of a great Catholic saint. You go home and read this for seven days. And this is what straightened the man out. And this is how the preacher concluded. He said, and he became a useful member of the human family again. Oh boy, I could have crashed this car radio to pieces. I said, who is this guy? And you know who it was? Norman Vincent Peale. What a brilliant speaker. But where is salvation preached? Where is Jesus mentioned? And that Jesus alone has the power to forgive sins and to bring us to a new birth in him. He is the only one who has the power to straighten us out. I have seen this again and again. Just lately when this young man came to me, you know, and, I sa and he said to me, you know, I can't make it. I just can't make it. I make a lot of money, but I gamble. And I come home and have nothing. And my wife has to go to work to make some money and to make some living. And he said, I was driving over the Throck's Neck Bridge and I pushed this gas pedal and I pushed it all the way down and I said, why don't I turn just a little bit and get off the road and get it over? But somehow I didn't do it. And I said, Bill, today the Lord sent me to you. Let me talk to you and let me say to you this, that you never will make it alone. You have to take the Lord Jesus into your life to make it. Bill, I couldn't do it. Nobody can do it, for Satan is much stronger than we are. We can't make it. But if we take Jesus into our lives, and that night we talked till 12.30 at night and then he took Jesus into his heart, confessed his sin. I had no difficulty whatsoever to convince him that he was a sinner. And now he lives a new life for the Lord Jesus Christ, reading his Bible and growing. But there are preachers preaching with great words. Oh, no wonder that they have a full congregation. But where is Jesus? It is only but one name given unto us in whom we should be saved. Many are trying to get in their own way, to find their own doors, to break them open, but no one will make it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody, no one cometh to the Father but by me. And then I listened my own experience for one and a half year to our pastor from the church I come from. You know, and then listening Sunday after Sunday and sitting in the pool and waiting, you know, for the word of God, for, for the preaching of salvation in Jesus Christ. is such a terrible experience. He could speak about the beauty of nature, the beauty of life and art and music and all this, you know. That one after one and a half year, I couldn't stand it any longer, you know. And in the 
board meetings, I said to him, you know, where is Jesus? Now it's enough. The last three Sundays, you didn't even mention his name. And one of the deacons got up very angry. He said, how can you dare to touch the anointed of the Lord? If we are saved, then we are sent. Everyone is sent. And I pray for myself that I just may live the life the Lord wants me live it. That he can use me. That I'm not afraid to speak up for him. There's a fifth point characteristic and this is satisfaction. Paul says grace be to you and peace. Grace is the ground for peace and peace is the result of grace and this leads to a harmony a harmony in home, in our life, in our business. Not that all things work out the way we want them, but that there is such a harmony that no matter what the circumstances, there is an inward peace. That is what Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This is a peace which the world never can receive, nor understand. In Romans 5.1 we read, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is far above all our understanding, far above the reach of man, far above our poor circumstances. And might it be prison, and persecution, and might it be forceful death, it is far above, for we are in him, our Lord and Savior. And this is what we read in Romans, and let me close with this, in Romans 8:38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, no Nazi power, no Russian power, no Stalin power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise his name. Let us pray. Father, we come to thee in Jesus' name to thank thee for all what thou hast given to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. For this wonderful salvation we are rejoicing in, Lord, that thou hast loved us so much that thou hast sent him into this world of darkness and sin. And we ourselves were sitting in darkness and sin, Lord, and thou hast taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of light. Lord, we want to thank thee this morning. If anyone here this morning who doesn't know thee, Lord, may such a person open his heart to let Jesus in and that everything might be well. 
with such a person that we might work together for Lord you have brought us together and may thy blessing rest upon us throughout this day Lord bless the preaching of the word of God bless our dear pastor bless our fellowship Lord where we come together here and there in homes Lord bless us together and may it be a wonderful day and may be Jesus and his glory be the very center of this day and our life in Jesus name Amen